good morning, Crossroads, and welcome to Memorial Day weekend. This is a start uh, of a great weekend, but it's a, it's a weekend that exists because we're remembering the sacrifices that have been made for our freedom, and we honor those who have fallen and uh, given their lives so that we could experience the freedom that we have today. I would love to start today by just honoring the veterans that we have for our United States Armed Forces. Would you stand? You're part of the United States Armed Forces. Thank you. Thank you for your service today. We do not take that lightly, and we just are so thankful for the sacrifices you have made. And that's quite a legacy, to be honest, to leave behind that legacy that gives one's life so that others can experience freedom. And that's what we're talking about today is the legacy that we leave behind. And this series continues, Family Reunion. I just am encouraged by the reality that we have a chance in the life that we have been given, the precious moments that our life lasts on planet Earth, we have the blessing and the opportunity to make a difference that can last for eternity. We can make choices that change the trajectory for our families, uh, that changes the, the direction of, of their lives for generations to come. And I just want to encourage you today just to be thinking about what that looks like for you and, and start with this question today, am I focusing on what really matters? That's, that's what I really want you to be thinking about today as we unpack the content together. Am I focusing on what really matters? Uh, if I'm being honest, for about the last six to nine months now, uh, the prayer that's been on my heart is just simply praying for revival uh, here at Crossroads. With COVID hitting over the last you know, year and three months now, whatever it is, uh, it feels like an eternity. Uh, everything has just kind of been turned upside down. It's kind of weird. We've just now been able to start gathering together and everybody's still kind of slowly coming back as we get back to, to where things were beforehand. It's been heavy on my heart that we just lean in that we have a spiritual awakening because that's what revival is. And it's my prayer, I've been praying this since before we started our Circle Maker series, that as we, as we go throughout this year, as we head into the fall, that <clears throat> we would just begin seeing God do things that we've never seen before. That we would just each embrace that spiritual awakening in our own hearts, whatever that looks like uh, between you and your relationship with God, and that we would just experience revival as a church family that again would allow us to see God doing things that we've never seen him do before here. And I'm just, I'm thinking about the reality that really a spiritual awakening is based on the, the reality that you are, are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I think revival begins with that realization that the, the Holy Spirit is, is drawing you to a place where nothing else matters except that everything in your life is just centered around him. I think that's the heart of revival. I think that's the heart of the lifestyle that God is calling each of us to. And that's what I'm praying for, for myself, for my family, for everyone in our church family, that we would just get to that place where everything in our lives is centered on Jesus, that we would just be listening, tender to the voice of God and be willing to surrender and to be willing to obey. I love what it says in John 7. <clears throat> this isn't in the slide, so just listen along. Jesus says here in John 7, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's very interesting to me that when I, when I hunger and thirst for Jesus, when I seek him first, when I say, God, I'm surrendering it all to you, 
that if that's the posture that I am living in, if that is my heart's deepest desire, then out of my heart overflows rivers of life. Think about that in terms of legacy, what it is that you will leave behind. And I ask you today, what, what better legacy to leave than, than one who is overflowing from what Jesus is pouring into your life? What better legacy to leave behind than a life that is surrendered uh, to and obedient to the voice of Jesus that's leaving everything on the table and, and just living all out for Jesus. And I tell you, when you hunger and thirst for the things of Jesus, uh, rather than the things of this world, I think there's a, realize, a realization that that is where a true legacy is, is left behind. And it's that kind of living that changes the, the trajectory of your family for generations to come. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. It's being tender to the voice of Jesus, living in such a way that when Jesus speaks, I listen, I obey. That's the heart of surrender. That's the heart of the lifestyle that God has called each of us to. And the reality is, everything that, that pulls at us from our culture and the world around us, it, it, it tries to get us to hunger and thirst for the things of the culture, for things of the world, instead of hungering and thirsting for the things of God. And we've got to be mindful that we really do stay focused on the things that really matter, that we don't get lost in the fray. And this is not anything new. This is not a new concept. This is not a new warning. This has been a warning that's been around since the Old Testament. Um, in, in, in the book of Joshua, Joshua has, has led the Israelites. Moses led them out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. God miraculously parted the waters. They all witnessed this. The waters came crashing down on the Egyptian army. God saved them in, in a in miraculous fashion. They had to wander around the desert for 40 years, but God still performed amazing miracles and provided for them. When Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land, uh, God himself knocked down the walls of Jericho and gave them a victory that could only be won with the power of God moving and, and working with them. And so Joshua leads the people into the promised land, the place that God had given them. And even in that short time, they're distracted by all the cultures and the things around them. They, they're being pulled into these different areas where their focus is being taken off God. And Joshua realizes this, and as he comes to the end of his life, it says in Joshua 24 that he gathered all of the people of Israel around him because he had to share with him one final thing. It was really important that he share this urgent message with the people of Israel. And it's detailed as follows in verse 14 of Joshua 24. Joshua gathered everyone around and said, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Stay focused on him. That is what really matters. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? And here's the iconic moment for Joshua. He says, you choose who you want to serve, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's a big moment. Joshua is saying unequivocally in front of everyone, this is who I am, this is who I am going to be, you serve whoever you want to, but as for me, as for my family, we are going to serve the Lord. 
This is what his legacy is going to be. This is what his life is going to be all about. This is what he is going to be focusing on. And we can learn a lot from Joshua, what he says to the people here from this moment, because this is where it all begins. And I would contend with you today that if you want to leave a legacy that matters, that has eternal value, that changes the trajectory of your family, it begins with this being the cry of your heart. As for me, as for my family, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to focus on what really matters. We're not going to allow everything that this culture and this world has to offer us to drown out the voice of God or to distract us from what he's called us to do and who he's called us to become. No, we're going to stay focused on the voice of Jesus. And when he speaks, we're going to have attitudes of surrender. We're going to align our attitudes and actions with who he is, who he's calling us to be. We're going to be obedient. Surrender and obedience, that's the building block to leaving a legacy that has eternal impact. And today I want to challenge you to stay focused on leaving a legacy that really matters. Because at the end of the day, what we do with this precious time that God has given us can ripple through eternity and it can impact generations to come. And I want all of us to be trailblazers, to be leading the way for others to follow and pointing people toward Jesus. And so here's the thing. Staying focused on your legacy requires three things. That's what we're going to talk about today. Number one is total commitment. This means that you are all in. Nothing is going to distract you or take your focus off pursuing Jesus. Remember, when it comes to revival, it is a spiritual awakening. It is being fully uh, consumed by just seeking the presence of God in your life and approaching God every day with that attitude of surrender and that posture of obedience. And that takes commitment. It, it takes work. You have got to be all in in this moment. And it takes intentionality. You can't make excuses, right? Because everything in life is going to try to drag you away from that. But it doesn't happen on its own. You've got to be committed. You've got to confront the excuses. You've got to commit to the change. And listen, you've got to put in the work. Uh, I hate to say this because it's grueling, but the spiritual health that you want is very similar to the physical health that you want. It takes work. And listen, some of us struggling more than others, myself struggling more with the whole COVID-19. I'm talking about the 19 extra pounds from COVID-19. When it comes to your physical health, you have to put in the work if you want to be healthy. And, you know, I've been trying to get back in the gym and start lifting weights again, and it's been mildly successful. This was the first week that I jumped back on the treadmill in a while, and I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, go ahead and cheer for that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I am not going to lie. I got on the treadmill, and I felt every day of 43 years old. It's hitting me hard. My back hurts from running on the treadmill, and I don't know why that is. I haven't figured out why I have all these aches and pains now in places I never had them. But man, when you haven't been on the treadmill in a while, oh my goodness, I have not... I wasn't able to breathe. I don't know if you've been there recently. I could not catch my breath. It was awful. And so it's like week one, getting back in the routine and doing what's healthy. It takes work. 
It takes intentionality, and I hate it. I don't like it. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, my dream of heaven is that you do one sit-up, and you have a perfect six-pack of abs. That's my dream of heaven. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, oh, man, I need to lose this 19 pounds. And you just, like, run 20 feet, and all it's melted off. You're like, yes, I'm back to where I wanted to be. I wish it was like that, but it's not. It takes work. You have to be intentional. And your spiritual life is the same way. If, if you want to stay focused on, on living a life that really matters, leaving a legacy behind that really matters, investing in something that is, in, is eternal in value, it takes focus and it takes commitment. You've got to put in the work. But it's worth it, you guys. It makes a difference. It changes the whole trajectory of your family. When you commit, go all in to following Jesus. I think there are three principles here. I think leading your family toward God, it, it takes work, and it starts by staying focused on connecting with God. You guys, we have to be willing to lead by example, to put in the work of spending time with God each and every day. You gotta spend, carve out the time to, to learn about him in his word, to grow in the knowledge of God, listen to what it is that he's speaking to you from his word, and to spend time talking with him in prayer. Those two spiritual disciplines, those daily habits, will change your life. You'll be able to listen to the voice of Jesus, and you'll be able to respond with surrender and obedience. Those are the building blocks to leaving a legacy that has eternal value. It really is that simple, that's where it starts. But you got to put in the work. you got to make sure you're committed to connecting people or to connecting with God every single day. I think the second part is difficult. You may find that you need to cut ties with your past. I'm going to think about that for a second. If you're new to your faith, if you're realizing, I have encountered Jesus and he has changed my life, I want you to know that is amazing. Uh, there are some people here who grew up in church. I grew up in church. That's a, I mean, I literally grew up in church. I was in church almost as much as in my own home. My dad was a pastor every time the church was open. We showed up about two hours before the service. That's why I'm so good at wheelchair wheelies and foosball. I mean, that's what was in, that's all I had to do. So I challenge you to foosball. I will destroy you, okay? I just, just know that. Um, I can do a wheelie longer than you can in a wheelchair. I will be the life of the party in future years in the nursing home. Um, but the reality is, man, that's where I grew up. That's all I know. My dad was a pastor. My uncle was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. That's the reality that I knew. But that's not the reality that all of us have. Some of you are brand new to the faith. You're going, where do I start? What does this look like? And I think part of it is you got to commit to connecting with God each and every day. But sometimes you got to cut ties with your past. I think you realize you'll have, you know, friends that are in your inner circle of influence that they don't have the same goals as you. And man, do everything you can to keep connecting them with Jesus. But I would, I would challenge you today, make sure you're surrounding yourself, surrounding your family with people that will encourage you in your faith, that will hold you accountable, that will help you stay focused on, on becoming more like Jesus and listening to what it is that he's speaking into your life. Make sure that that group of friends is your inner circle of friends. And then keep doing everything you can to connect the other people in your life with Jesus be an example. Be that light that shines in the darkness. I think what's equally difficult is the realization you may need to create a completely new start. You might realize, man, the way that, that I've been living, that's, that's not the way that God's called me. That's, that's the old me. God has created something new, and it's, it's time to figure out. It's, i got to start from a clean slate here. And that's difficult. 
that can be overwhelming because it's like, where do I start? I don't know what the first step is. And I want to encourage you today, it can be overwhelming, like, oh, what, what do I do? But I want to encourage you with a principle that really is simple. It starts with surrender and it continues with obedience. And I don't want to oversimplify our relationship with God, but the reality is, is that if you're just approaching Jesus each and every day with that awakening, that realization that, man, I want my life to matter. I want to stay focused on leaving a legacy that's going to have eternal value. If you're listening to the voice of Jesus, you're spending time with him on a daily basis, then whatever it is that God is speaking into your heart, here's what I promise you. If you are willing to listen, to respond to what Jesus is speaking into your heart with an attitude of surrender, God, when you're speaking into my life, I'm willing to listen and then take that next step of obedience, here's my promise to you. You're going to find yourself exactly where God wants you to be. If your attitude is surrender and your posture is obedience. That's where it begins. And I'll tell you what, that's where it ends. It doesn't matter if you're on day one of your journey or day three. 3,782 of your journey. It continues each and every day with surrender and obedience. And if you're trying to figure out what God's purpose and plan for your life is, very rarely does he strike you with a bolt of lightning and you see it spelled out in the clouds. No, it's a daily process of surrender and obedience. You won't go wrong. You will find yourself exactly where God wants you to be if that is your posture, if that is your attitude. It is surrender and it is obedience. And I want to encourage you today because it's not always easy, but take that first step. You, you can do it. God is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's with you in this. He's faithful, and he'll take you there. I want to challenge you today. It starts by being committed to this new start, to this new you, and taking this journey of surrender and obedience. And I would continue today by saying staying focused on your legacy, it requires unwavering courage. Because you're going to be stepping out into something completely new. That means right now in your life, you're, you're suddenly now taking a stand for what's right. And you're turning away from what is wrong. You're saying, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And now my life looks a little bit different. That takes courage. Because it flies in the face of everything that you've been used to. But these are the moments that change the trajectory of our families. These are the moments that, that speak life and they change everything. I grew up in a church. <laughs> my dad was a pastor, my uncle was a pastor, my grandpa was a pastor. But before my grandpa was a pastor, he worked for DuPont. He had a great job. He was offered a job down in Argentina making a ton of money back in the 60s. And that was exactly the moment in time where he was called into ministry. And God radically changed my grandpa's life. My grandpa responded with surrender and obedience. And you know, the legacy that my grandpa left me was not, you know, a bunch of money that he saved from working a great job. The legacy that my grandpa left me was the memory of, of a guy who lived in a trailer by a, a mountain church in West Virginia who was filled with joy, who loved God with everything he had and tried to minister to as many people as he possibly could. That, that's the memory I have of my grandpa. And that choice that he made to surrender to Jesus, to follow his call to ministry, it changed the entire trajectory of our family line. 
I think I've shared this before, but our family line, if you go back, our claim to fame is we ran with Frank and Jesse James. We were bank robbers and thieves. That's my family. Hey, what's up? Until Jesus changed my grandpa. Now all of that's different. I mean, you see what, what happens there? And I want to encourage you to not give up because you might be coming in. This might be your first Sunday. You're going, I have no idea what my next step is. I want, you, I want you to know that that's not new. God is in the business of changing lives, and, and he will meet you right where you are at and help you become more like him. That's the amazing thing about God. We say this all the time. God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. It takes surrender. It takes obedience. And he can change your life. He will change your life. That's what he does. That, that's who he is. It's amazing. It is truly amazing. The dad, the mom, the aunt, the uncle, the brother, the sister, that he is calling you to be. Don't settle for looking at yourself and judging yourself by who you have been or who you were. Realize that Jesus is, is ready to meet you right where you are at and to help you become more like him, help you leave a legacy that ripples through eternity for generations to come that leaves a legacy that, that really matters, that makes a difference. Jesus speaks to this, this idea of centering our home on him. Because I think that's where it all comes down to. I mean, if you're going to make this change, it's got to be centered completely around Jesus. And, and while we're talking about that, I mean, if you try to center your home on anything else, it's just going to end in disaster. Nothing that this world offers satisfies. Who better to center your home on than Jesus? That helps us tune into his voice and it helps us to become who it is that he's calling us to become. I'm, I'm amazed by uh, some of the, the different situations that, that God can bring people out of. And you can, listen, there are people here today that are like, you don't know my situation. You don't know how crazy my, my family is, how messed up my, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. In Mark chapter 7, there's a, a story about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the prophet, the cousin of Jesus, who was called the voice shouting in the wilderness. And his message was all about preparing the way for Jesus. He was letting everybody know that the promised Messiah that we've been looking forward to is, is here. Look for him. Be ready because he is here and it's about to change everything. And John the Baptist was so pure in heart, everything that he did was so filled with surrender and obedience that Jesus actually said about John the Baptist, there is no greater person who's walked the planet than John the Baptist. He, he is the greatest. Can you imagine that being the endorsement that you get on your life from Jesus? That is amazing. I mean, that's incredible. John the Baptist has that endorsement. John's the best. Jesus, in whatever book John the Baptist writes, there's Jesus. Jesus, John's the best, Jesus. I mean, that's amazing. It's amazing. John the Baptist actually ended his life in prison. He had spoken out against Herod because Herod was just an evil man, violent, immoral, you name it, everything that you could think of, just any type of debauchery, that was what Herod's life was marked by. Herod actually stole his brother's wife her name was Herodias. I don't know why they had the, the dog's name was Herodita. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Um, but he, he stole his brother's wife. John the Baptist says, hey, that's not cool, man. That's not right. That's not the way God has planned this. You're not leading well. So what happens? They throw him in prison. 
And even though Herod actually respected John the Baptist and would listen to what he would say from time to time, Herodias hated John the Baptist. And so it says in Mark 7 that it comes time for Herod's birthday, and his daughter, would probably be his stepdaughter, comes out and performs a dance for him at his birthday. This is not some innocent dance, by the way. This is where it gets real twisted and gross. It is a very sexualized dance that his stepdaughter performs for him and everyone at the party. And Herod is so twisted, he's like, what an amazing dance this was. And here's what happens. He says, that dance was so great that I will give you whatever you want up to half of my kingdom. I mean, this, this is just a bizarre situation, but it gets even weirder because this is how John the Baptist dies. Herodias, the wife of Herod, hates John the Baptist so much that when her daughter comes to her and says, he's going to give me anything I want up to half the kingdom, what should I ask for? She says, ask for the head of John the Baptist. We want that man gone. And so the daughter goes, asks her dad for the head of John the Baptist, and, and that's how the party ends. I mean, it's, it's just awful. And you're going, Tim, thanks for that cool story. Appreciate that on Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> like, what, why? What, what are you ta- why, why talk about this? Well, put yourself in that family for a second. What if you're that daughter? That's the world you grew up in. Herod's your dad, Herodias is your mom. How do you... How do you get out of that? What if Herodias is your wife? She just wants to kill everybody. What what do you do when that's your family? Sometimes we we figure out, man, there's there's no way out of this. I don't know what my next move is. That's why I want to circle back to, if you don't know what your next step is, it's draw close to Jesus. Listen to what he's speaking. And I'm, I'm promising you this today. If your attitude is that of surrender, God, whatever you speak, Whatever you, you tell me to do, there's nothing off limits. It, it's yours. If that's your attitude, the attitude of surrender, and your, your posture is obedience, that's the action you take, I am ready to obey, then you will find yourself exactly where God wants you to be. That, that's where you start. And you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And, and we are here to help you. That's what Crossroads is all about. That's why we exist. We're connecting you with God. We're here so that the outsiders can receive an invitation to a new life. That's what we do. Let us help you take that journey. And oh, by the way, this is just a plug for three weeks from now. On Father's Day, June 20th, we're baptizing a bunch of people. And the, listen, yes, yeah, you should clap for that. That's way better than I got back on the treadmill. Um, we are baptizing a bunch of people. And dads, I'm going to just tell you right now, you want to leave a legacy you want to change the trajectory of your home? If you've not been baptized, take this next step in your faith. Set an example for your family. Be baptized. How about this? Have your kids not been baptized? Take the chance to talk to them because my, my dream for Father's Day is seeing a bunch of kids be baptized by their dads. Would that not be the most amazing Father's Day? That, that's what I want to see. Let's do that. That's a legacy that we leave behind. That, that changes the trajectory of our families. And Jesus speaks to this. We have to stay centered on him. Matthew 16 is a sobering uh, few verses, verses 24 through 26. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Giving up your own way, that's just another way of saying, God, not what I want, it's what you want. It's an attitude of surrender. 
So what Jesus is saying in no uncertain terms, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must surrender. Take up your cross and follow me. Be obedient. It's surrender. It's obedience. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I mean, Jesus is just putting everything in perspective. The question really is, are you focusing on what really matters? What is your life all about? It's got to be centered on Jesus. It's total commitment. It's unwavering courage. And I think the final piece is it's, it's undivided loyalty. No matter what, complete devotion to God, complete devotion to your family, you serve who you want to. But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. That's it. And my life is going to be marked by surrender and obedience because that's who I am and that's who I'm going to be. It was so important in the old tradition of the law that this stay front and center, that this be the focal point of everyone's lives, that the Shema is what is produced out of the law. The Shema being these, these principles and these laws that were kept in front of everyone every single day so that they would not you know, turn away from it, so that they would not lose sight of what really mattered. And we reference this scripture when we, when we do baby dedications here at Crossroads and we dedicate our children to God because it's a great focal point and a great foundation piece for, for what it looks like to surrender our children to Jesus and give them to him. But what an amazing principle to keep in front of you at all times that, that keeps you completely focused on the commitment that you've made, the courage that it takes to make that commitment, and the loyalty to God that he longs for each of us to have unwavering, undivided loyalty. It says in Deuteronomy 6, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. There's no one else. If you're focusing on anything else, if, if the focus of your life is anything but God, it's going in the wrong direction. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He's saying keep this stuff in front of you at all times. Make sure that you are always focused on this reality. I am to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength I'm supposed to be teaching this to my family, to my kids, making sure that they understand the purpose of their life is to be surrendered to Jesus, to be obedient to what it is he's calling them to do. That is how I change the trajectory of my family for generations to come. That's how I leave a, lag a legacy that matters. That's what I need to stay focused on. And so as we come to a close today, I, I want to ask you today, are you focusing? Your life, is it focused on what really matters? Because it is so easy to be distracted by the things in this life, to forget what really is important. And I want to challenge you today to lean in to what Jesus is speaking to your heart. Because you guys, we have one shot at this life. And the beautiful time that God gives us on this planet, it matters. We have a chance to make a difference for eternity. And what we do 
can change the trajectory for generations to come? Are you focusing on what really matters? I would ask you to just consider that, to think about that, to embrace the presence of Jesus, to listen to what it is that he's speaking into your heart this morning. And as we sing this song, to just draw close to him and prepare to respond. Because after we sing this song, I'm going to give you a chance to respond today, to respond with surrender and obedience, saying yes to Jesus, to becoming who it is that he's calling you to be. Would you stand with me in this moment? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And together, I just ask you this question again. Are you focusing on what really matters? Jesus, as we take these next few moments and draw close to you, as we listen to your voice, God, I ask that you would help our hearts to stay tender to your word, that we would just experience an awakening as you draw us closer to you, as you point out areas in our lives where we've been holding on, doing things our own way. We need to surrender where we need to obey. God, may this be a time where we draw close to you and where you change us and help us become more like you. We give this time to you. Amen.